client yesterday who said to me in our session, she is this beautiful woman um, and she has really, really wanted to tap into that more intuitive space. And um, her vision for herself is really to be accepting of her gray hair and her wrinkles and to be a strong and peaceful Scandinavian woman. And I know just a beautiful vision and obviously with many more details in the mix. Um, but she said, you know, to quiet, and I mentioned this, work this in a little bit, but to quiet the critical and the calculated so that my intuition can flex its muscles. I actually posted it on my Instagram today because I was just, her poetic words, it was so wowing to me that she was able to begin to understand she's operated in this very calculated and very critical space to the point where she had shared, you know, walking sometimes into a bathroom. She couldn't see that her beautiful stomach had given her her beautiful son, but only saw, you know, that it was bigger than she hoped it to be. And we have come so far to toward quieting in a very gentle, soft way, quieting that critical, quieting that calculating mind to really allow for that intuitive state to come through. This is my guest this week on the Full Capacity Living Podcast. Courtney Evans, integrative nutrition health coach with a very intriguing background as a research analyst in the health and wellness world that had a striking impact on her own health and her journey into health coaching. She went from burning the candle at both ends in the corporate world to discovering functional medicine, regaining her health, and realizing that this journey could only lead to her passion of empowering others to realize that exhaustion doesn't equal success. She shares her personal story and the work she does with clients now, and throughout the conversation, we connect around our passion for health coaching to help the listener understand what the world of health coaching really is and how to craft a wellness vision. We dig into simplicity, cultivating stillness, root cause, finding strengths, resetting patterns and behaviors, and creating a safe space for exploration within the health coaching relationship. I so enjoyed this conversation with Courtney, and I hope you do too. So welcome, Courtney Evans. It's great to have you here. And I want to just have you talk a little bit about um, your work as a health coach, how you came to it. also, just thinking about this idea that that your health coaching is around intuition and mindset and empowering women and the the feminine um, empowerment. So, so go ahead and and let me know what was your story. Tell me where you came from. Sure. Well, I'm so pleased to be here with you uh, and to have this this opportunity to talk with you. So, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, I it's interesting. I don't think I can start my story without taking everybody back to when I was a child growing up uh, in a small coastal town in Maine, Mm -hmm. because so much of our journey uh, as individuals, as human beings is about, um, you know, connected to childhood. And when I think about where I've ended up now, and I revisit what my childhood was really centered around, uh, very nature-based, very simple, beautiful sort of food from the land. Um, I recognize that that has had influence in how I practice now with clients. Obviously many steps along the way to get to where I am now. Uh, But so 
I came to health coaching through both a real passion for what started out as sort of children's health um, and then recognizing through my own journey uh, that I had um, gotten very sick after my third child was born, just in a very strange way. Nothing was explainable. Mm -hmm. uh, I had an all over body rash. I was deeply fatigued, but I tested negative for all of the you know, markers for Lyme or any sort of chronic fatigue or even adrenal fatigue. Um, and it was just unexplainable. And what I realized is that many of my lifestyle choices were really influencing what was, how my body was, was sort of operating at the time. And so it basically led me to, on a personal journey to recover my immune system. Now, prior to that, sort of in my year, in my years before I had become a mother, I had actually worked in an investment bank. I have an MBA. I went to business school and right out of uh, business school, I joined an investment bank that was one of the first to, uh, begin to understand how the baby boomer generation and trends in obesity and the nutritional supplement companies that were coming on the scene at the time, how they were influencing and how they were an opportunity for investment. And so as a research analyst and also an investment banker, I was looking at all these amazing companies, you know, Whole Foods had just come public, yeah. the big nutritional supplement companies, the distributors to Whole Foods and others, the, the, the diet co companies like Metafast and Nutrisystem. So I spent a lot of time looking at trends. Did you did you intentionally move into that that world of finance and and research, or was that just something that sort of came available and you were like, wow, this sounds like a really interesting way to take my MBA? Well, it's interesting because I think most MBAs, while I had gone to a school that was focused on entrepreneurship, which makes a lot of sense for where I've landed now, mm -hmm. MBAs tend to deposit you into the finance space. It becomes a very obvious outlet um, and you are an attractive candidate to be hired. Uh, however, this particular firm where I ended up was the first to be, you know, to, to be looking at this healthy living uh, space. And I had done an internship while I was doing my MBA in a natural personal care product company called Pharmaesthetics, which is out of Rhode Island. And I had connected with an amazing female entrepreneur who had built that business. And she was literally like growing herbs and taking the herbs from her farm and putting it into her beautiful skincare. <laughs> and I just, I spent a year plus working with her. And um, so I just got really keyed into, and again, then reflecting on where I had come from, like I was really turned on by this idea of what we were putting on our skin and what I was eating. So it all started to gel. And then I remember, this is a funny story, but the night before I was launching coverage on Nutrisystem, mm. this was the once I was back at the investment bank and working, I needed to eat all the food. Oh, wow. And <laughs> I was terribly, terribly sick. I didn't sleep a wink. I was nauseous the whole night. My colleagues tried to play it off on nerves. And I said to myself, no, it's actually just that this food is so terrible. Oh my gosh. Well, it's all prepackaged stuff, right? 
high, very high sodium levels, you know, not a lot of attention to nutrient density or nourishment, um, which obviously informs a lot of how I work now with clients. Uh, but really just about like, how can you strip the body and create such a caloric deficit that you actually lose weight? So, oh, wow. so, so anyway, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I'm going to let you keep going, but I just have to say how fascinating it is that, that there's this through line of natural living coming back to the earth from when you grew up to the things that you're learning now, yet you're in this world of, of corporate MBA finance kind of high, high intensity stuff, I would imagine. Oh, and, gosh. Yeah. Yes. So it's like these two worlds kind of competing with each other. Absolutely. I mean, I was, I was, I was chewing a pack of Trident a day back in those, <laughs> in those days. I mean, that was the culture. You just, you didn't sleep. You worked endless hours. You, whatever sort of quick up that you could get, you took, whether it be chewing Trident or grabbing a Diet Coke. So Trident um, kept you up? I didn't even realize that. That's just... It's got that artificial sweetener in it that okay. mimics yeah. the same res response in your body. So, uh -huh. so all of that clearly was was yes, that internal conflict. Uh, I then took some time off. I met my husband. He was in a different business school program in New York City, and we actually um, sort of followed his career for a little bit and moved to St. Louis and then abroad to Bath, England. Um, and by that point, I had my first child and living in Bath and the countryside in Bath was really beautiful. I had trouble con conceiving my second. I have three children. Um, I had trouble conceiving my second. And that's where I started to get really, really, really committed and cur curious, curious and committed about the choices I could make in my own diet. So do you think um, what led up to that? Like you had your first child and you... Um prior to that had been working this intense MBA work, you know, drinking mm. Coke or whatever yeah. it might be, try to, and maybe not eating well, not sleeping well, all the things mm. that we know are good. And that sort of carried in a little bit into that time frame where you were trying to conceive your second child. Yeah. I mean, I think any time, I think my body was depleted and I think it needed, it was that first, that first sort of inkling of, of, of intuition of that mm, something's not right um and or something could shift that would would invite you know another child into the mix and invite you know greater health into your life and that was sort of the messaging that i got and so and fertility um is such a complicated subject for so many and yet it's such a great motivator yeah. We talk about weight loss oftentimes being a great motivator, though we don't necessarily want it to be the end-all be-all. Fertility too is is such um, a great motivator. And so it was that for me. Uh, and so then we moved back to the United States and uh, settled where we are now. And um, I just was deeply passionate by that point. Of I had spent a lot of time thinking about how I wanted to live my own life to some degree. And then also really thinking about the food that I wanted to give my children, uh, the kind of products I wanted in our house, the kind the style of parenting. There's a beautiful book by a man named Kim John Payne. I don't know if you've heard of it called simplicity parenting no, no. and his sort of, his idea is you take the toys in the room, you cut them in half, you cut them in half again. You cut them in half one more time. And what you're left with is really what children need. 
So again, coming back to this, you know, all this noise for a time coming back to this very sort of this simplicity and this very, um, this simpler way. Um, that said, I was also settling into a new community and um, a very social community at that. And so, and I got very involved working in a volunteer capacity for the Children's Environmental Health Center at Mount Sinai, which was doing a lot of really beautiful work, understanding how environmental health, uh, you know, predicts longevity in children and such. Um, and burning the candle at both ends again, right? That slippage back into this. Yeah, even with, yeah, it seems like that's, um, it's something I think our culture really supports though with women. It's really like, does. you can do it all. You can, you can raise your family, you can have a full-time career or create your own business and you can, you can cook and, and do all of the amazing things that you see women doing. Um, but it, it, you know, as you see, this is what kind of was a challenge for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we, I think exhaustion has become a marker of success, right? I'm exhausted, but I'm just killing it. And the things. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so certainly by the time my third came along and she was uh, close to a year old, my body just said, enough is enough. And I think truthfully, in looking back, despite all my efforts towards simplicity, and uh, I wasn't really living that myself. Mm-hmm. I hadn't fully begun to integrate. I hadn't fully begun to listen to what my body was asking for and what my what my mindset needed in terms of shifts. What do you think kept you in that place where you weren't fully integrating yet? You you saw all of these things around you. You realized that this was a very strong yearning for you, kind of mm. going back to roots, but also knowing that that's probably the healthiest way for you to, to live. What do you think kept you in that space and not um, sort of expanding into that more that, than you could? Yeah, so I think um, I think I just hadn't, there was, there's so much momentum at this, you know, coming out of, out of an advanced degree into sort of marriage and children. And there's just so much momentum and we rarely take time. I certainly hadn't. And I see this very much as a common thread with my clients hadn't taken the time to just cultivate any stillness to create any space to just be Right. Well, when you have that space to be, you have to start thinking about what you're doing and how that aligns with your values. And sometimes that's not a fun place to be. No, it can be super tough, right? I'm so encouraged by some of these companies that are emerging, like a Pursley Health, which is based in New York City, but can consult, you know, with patients in 45 plus states um, and can do also consultations abroad if necessary. Uh So I am, I think there is a real desire to begin. um, So there is demand for, and therefore the supply is responding for more access to this, this more integrative approach. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would also say that there the integration with um, some primary care physicians is even happening. Some people are practicing in their traditional conventional medicine practices and bringing in some ideas of functional medicine. So that is kind of the, the new frontier that's happening. 
So you, you, you found this functional medicine physician practice, you started working with them and you know, all of this, like this whole story you've told up to this point informs everything that you do as a health coach. Now with the clients that you have, you probably, you're, you have an ability to reach people in a way that sometimes is very inaccessible. Like you at that, that place where you were, burning the candle at both ends and working super hard and trying to do everything, but not taking care of your health. You can reach those people because you've experienced it. Yeah. There is a degree of empathy certainly that I bring to my practice. I also am such a big believer as I'm sure you are with your clients that if you can just sort of micro slice the shift that needs to happen. Yes. And if you take the step in the right direction, you will receive some affirmative if you're on the right track Mm -hmm. and that keeps you going. And so I remember when I started working with the functional medicine practice and I began my first elimination diet that I had ever done, Mm -hmm. it was 21 days, pretty stand at the, you know, sort of gold standard at the time. And day two, I had my morning smoothie and I was like driving down the road and I was seeing Technicolor. I kid you not. It was just bananas. I was so clear and so bright. And so it just felt like I had this infusion of vitality. Wow. And I felt so vibrant. I know that quickly, right? So my body responded really, really well when I began to just from a nutrition standpoint start to take out what I think was really inflaming me and what was creating a lot of that sort of fatigue and heaviness and um, clearly an outward expression of, of imbalance. Yeah. When you, when you started this journey with functional medicine, um, what would you have said that you wanted to achieve? Like, yeah. Remember how, what you were thinking in the beginning that you wanted to achieve for yourself not even knowing that much about functional medicine or mm-hmm. the, the tools that they might use? What did you want to achieve? Well, that is such a great question because it was as simple as I just didn't want to have a rash anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what it delivered, right. Both where it has taken me in my career, what it, uh, what it encouraged in terms of all of my lifestyle behaviors, mm-hmm. um, has just been so enormous. So yeah, I wanted to heal a rash and have an explanation for, you know, why I was so itchy and, and it just, it has transformed really, uh, how I walk through this life. Yeah. That's amazing. And I wanted to ask that question because I think that's helpful for people listening who might be saying, well, you know, I don't have all these things going on. I don't need to see functional medicine, but But what ends up happening is that maybe you go for one or two things, but you realize all of these little niggling symptoms or things that are part of you. Like I had a friend today tell me, Mm. well, every, every winter I just get really itchy skin. It's just because Mm. of the winter and the heat and sure that's part of it, but that's not the whole picture. And so you start to see like when you look at all these symptoms or you do like what we do, the medical symptom questionnaire, the MSQ, and you you look at all of these different areas and things that that could potentially be part of what you're experiencing from lifestyle choices or food or sleep or environmental, um, you know, things that you're exposed to, the, the whole world opens up, right? 
It really does. And that's such a great point because I think what I see certainly in my client base now is a lot of individuals walking around, marching through life with like a very, with very low grade symptoms, Mm -hmm. not necessarily symptoms that we've really normalized because of what we were talking about earlier and just this push to exhaust ourselves. But these, these low grade um, sort of symptoms that we normalize, like just fatigue, sort of low grade uh, energy, um, disrupted sleep, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Imbalanced hormones for women, like real, like PMS, right? Really pronounced PMS symptoms. Mm -hmm. All of these sort of symptoms that actually don't need to be a part of one's life. They right. can be, they can be healed. Well, and I think that part of it, as you probably experience with some of your clients, they will say, well, you know, my physician just said, oh, you're just getting older. This is just what happens, right? Women have PMS symptoms. That's just what happens. No, it doesn't have to be that way, right? You don't have to have hot flashes when you go into menopause, right? That That's isn't right. necessarily what is is normal and real. So I think that part of what you're probably helping people to understand too is is that you could be more optimized than you actually are, right? And and so all of these little things by helping people understand what it is that might be um, connected to hormones or the gut microbiome or leaky gut or any of those things. Um, it's really, it just opens up that whole new world. And I'm, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, which is really important because we're going to start to now maybe get into, um, the type of coaching that you do. But when you said micro shift or micro, micro slice the shift, I love that. Um, just expand on that a little bit. Tell me what you mean by micro slice the shift. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it conjures up that image, right. Of like cutting, how thin can you cut that? clove of garlic. Uh, because change is really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what we know, we know a couple of things, right, about, about the way in which change um, can occur in a way that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. So first, I like to work with clients around this idea that it needs to be bigger than the number on a scale, for example, which is why we spend a lot of time Uh, once we've sort of gotten through the initial sessions and working together, we really begin to craft a wellness vision. And then we look at the ways in which we can start to create shifts so that the feedback loops that we're existing in, Mm -hmm. so that the input is is small enough to feel attainable Mm -hmm. and big enough to affect the littlest bit of change Mm -hmm. so that when you then connect with that little bit of change that has happened, you look back and you say, wow, okay, it worked. And it then is informing something positive to come from that. And therein lies a shifted feedback loop, right? Right. So um, if we, for example, with a client, if I came, if a client came to me looking to, uh, currently sleeping six hours a night and looking to all of a sudden uh, begin sleeping a solid restorative eight hours. And we threw everything that we know about sleep into the equation and said, okay, so tonight you're going to drop your device two hours before you go to bed. You're going to take your magnesium. You're going to draw your 
your bath and have a lovely moment in your bath before then, and you're going to cool your room to 65 degrees and et cetera, et cetera. That client would leave a session totally and utterly overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed even saying it. Right, right. That's a lot of change for someone who is falling asleep with the device in their hand. Yeah, yeah. So we take, we take what appeals to the client. So what do they respond most to in that bucket of potential change, potential changes they could make? What sort of appeals to them, right? And that gets into a little bit of that tie-in, beginning tie-in to the intuitive voice. What do we think could be, I could be successful in? And then we just take the littlest slice yeah. to just take one step forward. Yeah. And so, so helping your clients understand, we're going to, we're going to also step back to how you got into your coaching, but, but when you talk about day two, I had my smoothie and like, wow, the colors were just vibrant. How do you help clients understand that even if they're not seeing that kind of a change, the small incremental changes that you have to cultivate awareness around are just as important. If you don't have that one, the small ones are still just as important. That's right. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, I lucked out in that regard to get such an affirmation. Um, I think I also, we know about ourselves. I, I usually do a strength finders test with my clients to understand um, what strengths they bring. I, for one, have a lot of diligence. So for me, following a plan is going to be easy and something I really get excited about. Um, and that's not true of every client. But for we really, I really encourage clients to connect with how they, they feel, right? This is a, this is a, this is a, a feelings game more than it is an intellectual game, if you will. Right. So when that small change happens, do they notice, is there any noticing? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that they can say, huh? Okay. I'm going to stay super curious. I'm going to wonder was, did I feel a little bit better? Do I even feel better just having made some sort of change? Right. Um, and so while it may not be technicolor that a client's seeing, if they're able to just hang their hat on any little shift toward the positive, that will begin to create a desire mm -hmm. to change further. And I think that's that's why it's important to have a health coach. I know you and I are both health coaches, so we know that that's a, a really key element. But I think that when when I work with people, at least helping them to understand that and coming back every couple of weeks and saying, "Okay, this is this is actually a big change. Whether you think it's a big change or not, let's just shift your mindset around that a little bit." And so, kind of, you know, the fact that you're able to work with people on a continuous basis really helps people solidify that and understand it in a different way. I always think we're so hyper-focused on our bodies in terms of weight, but we're so disconnected with our actual bodies and how they feel. So what we're talking about here is helping people just really get in, get close to what you're feeling in your body. What, what does feel different? Right. And in some cases, clients are, an individual is trying to reset a pattern that has been decades long, right? That their body and those patterns serve a purpose. They've allowed the individual to 
exist to continue on, you know, so it, they, they serve a purpose. Um, you also, you allude to this idea that like, we also are wired to think that this can, you know, something can change overnight. And so my story is probably, uh, not as common. I had a client reach out to me recently. She was starting a new program with me and in her health discovery questionnaire, she asked me, how long do you think I'll need to work with you? And I just said, I have no idea. I have no answer to that. I do know that I believe in how, in the power of creating a safe space of exploration, the power in an individual who is ready to change and actually beginning to accomplish some change. Um, And ultimately it becomes about the individual's uh, desire to continue that evolution. Um, but every person is certainly so different and the overnight, the overnight, the overnight fix is just, is kind of what I think based on what little I know about how you practice too, is just, is really not what we're going for here. It's definitely not what we're going for. And functional medicine isn't going that way either. Integrative medicine isn't, but I think that our society has just been trained through conventional practices we have such a society of, we want it tomorrow, right? Amazon Mm -hmm. is the perfect example. Like if you don't get a package delivered in two days, you think, oh my gosh, something's wrong. No, that's an extraordinary thing to be able to get a package that you ordered two days ago delivered to your front doorstep. And it's the same sort of idea with health and wellness and, and medicine now. People are so conditioned that it is, that we're shifting their mindset on this, that it's taken many years to get where you were. It took you many years to get to the place where you really realized, okay, yeah, my body is just telling me, listen, (laughs) you gotta stop, let's shift some things, but it took many years to get there. And then we expect that the solution is gonna take six sessions or 12 sessions. And you're right, when you try to explain that to people, it's really hard to help to get them to understand, well, I don't really have a strict answer around that. Or when people say, well, tell me what you do in health coaching. Like what's the steps in health coaching? And, and I always say, well, it's different for every person. I very individualized, right? Mm -hmm. So let's kind of shift back a little bit to your functional medicine um, experience, how that went for you. And then when was the light bulb moment when you went, okay, this has to be something that I do for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, I never looked back from, we'll call it the technicolor moment. Uh, I really, um, it was, it was just such a transformative experience for me. And I, and I have to say, it wasn't just the nutrition. It wasn't just that I followed the elimination diet and then realized adding back in a lot of what I had eliminated just didn't serve me. Um, but it was also really the holistic piece of it. It was, it was, um, it was really beginning to sort of reclaim this, this, what I call white canvas space and, um, and to intentionally, uh, lean into still moments where I could look at my calendar and have nothing on it. You know, my school age children were finally at school and I suddenly did have legitimate space. And at the time I was fortunate enough to be um, staying at home with the kids. And so when they went off to school, 
you know, it was a very simple sort of existence of what I needed to have in my day, but I really, um, I really leaned into that. Uh, I have always been someone who loves to sleep and I was through a period of time with young children. I have great sleepers. My children are great sleepers. Um, but I was through that sort of murky time where everybody was waking up at night. So I was able to lean in again to, um, sleep. And I got curious about what, you know, restorative sleep really looks like. And so it just became something that I became, I I realized I was so passionate about this embodiment of it, having reflected and connected to where I had come from, all of my knowledge and learning from my time looking at trends in the industry and such, and then my own personal journey. So it all kind of came together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got I got impatient <laughs> and I said, I've got to, I've got to do something fast. I feel like I have something I want to give to the world. Um, and so it's been, it's been really fun to see it come to life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I also am curious a little bit about um, the work that you did in terms of research and trends and looking at um, health and wellness companies and, um, you know, having to eat all that Nutrisystem food, um, how does that inform what you're doing now? I mean, do you ever like sort of dip back into that world and look into trends and see what's happening and, and what people are interested in? And, you know, as we talked about the shift to partially health and, you know, people reaching out for maybe a, a type of healthcare that isn't covered by their insurance, um, and thinking about the the world of health coaching and healthy living and lifestyle change and really getting serious about that. Do you see, have you looked back or looked into that and see some kind of a shift with people getting more towards something that's really authentic and in alignment with true health? Mm, yeah, for, for certainly. And, and, um, and I would say, for example, a trend that I have followed closely and that I think is just fascinating if you've looked at our understanding of the gut microbiome Mm -hmm. in recent years and the understanding of how much is tied to it and how much our um, presentation of health relies on a healthy microbiome. Um, So you see where if you looked back any number of years, it wasn't a topic that was focused on. And now it is like a starting point for most conversations. You know, how is your gut? Let's do a stool test to find out if your gut is healthy. Like what kind of digestion issues are you having? That's again, what we have normalized historic historically mm-hmm. is no longer that. So I think, and, and that's an interesting idea, sort of this idea of what has been normalized whether it be traditional medical approaches, you know, medical care, uh, our thoughts about gut health, um, our thoughts about organic food, right? All of what was normalized is now sort of that facade is splintering and we're getting um, access to that sort of next level of, of insight, um, which is really neat to see. Oh, it definitely is. I think um, as you speak about the gut microbiome, I have a funny little quip, my husband, and this was probably about eight years ago. I was reading a book by Dr. Robin Chutkan, um, and she's a, a, she was trained at Georgetown, um, a GI physician in conventional medicine for a long time. 
and started to realize that um, you know the the actual changes in the gut were really predictive of some certain diseases that she was seeing. And so I was reading this and I was talking about the gut microbiome and he said, oh God, I don't want to hear about that. Don't talk to me about that. And now he's talking to his friends about it. And it's so interesting to see. And, and they understand, they, you know, everybody's heard of the gut microbiome. And as you talk about the trends and the research and companies, there's so many companies out there now creating probiotics mm-hmm. and there's probiotics on almost every label of food that that people may think are you know indicative of good good gut health and this is what i should be eating so everyone's getting on the bandwagon um in terms of that it's true um and also another as you ask about sort of the parsley health model the other piece and that would be the at-home testing right so the availability now to do a food sensitivity test at home to um, do a stool test at home where you can actually um, have access to uh, vetted uh, doctor insight um, to interpret the results. Right. But because many traditional people have a hard time. I mean, I work with a lot of clients who are like, what am I supposed to be even asking to have blood work run? What, what tests am I needing to have done? I don't think I've ever had my doctor look at, and this is a client saying this to me, you know, my, my, my vitamin levels. I don't think I get a vitamin D reading, right? So beginning to understand some of these at home, like an every well at home testing um, kit can be, is, is also, I think a powerful trend in allowing, in, in creating accessibility. Um, what has typically been, you know, no insurance coverage, um, sort of hunt and peck to find the right option is now becoming more widely available at a price point that's, that's tolerable. Right. I think, uh, you're you've hit on something there that I think is really important to um, the availability of that, the accessibility, but also having somebody that really understands it, interpret it, because you can get that back and and start to Google things, which I have some clients that, you know, most of my clients are connected with a physician or a practice in functional medicine, yet some of them aren't quite there yet. And if they do something like that, they're Googling something going, Uh, you know, I don't know what this means. This seems really crazy, right? What is this bacteria in my gut? Yet having somebody that can put that whole picture together, it's, Mm. it's the same thing as our body. You can't take pieces and parts and think that this will give me the answer, but having somebody that really can understand that interpretation Mm -hmm. and help you out with it is so, so important. Mm. Um, And and it's just like anything in life, right? You've got to vet out the person who's going to put in your new furnace in your house, right? You need to vet out your, your doctor and your person that's going to, you know, give you testing and, and understand what that testing is about. But it's an, it's an exciting time in the world, right? We can start it to really, much deeper. Yeah, it is. And I also think when I, when I think about the role that health coaches play in our, in our, um, it's an intimate connection that we develop with clients, right? Because it's such a, I, I say this, it's the safe space of exploration. Um, so we become sort of the trusted, um, part of the trusted inner circle. And I think that our role, uh, knowing scope of practice limitations can really be to help uh, clients understand the questions they need to be asking of their doctors. And, um, you know, what curiosities and wonderings can they bring to the other practitioners in their life? Um, and that's neat to get, again, to arm 
individuals with those those kinds of resources so that they can continue to explore their health in a meaningful and I, way. I love what you're saying there in terms of, of really empowering your clients to really understand things and, and what to ask my conventional physician, but also bringing that knowledge to, to the physician who's open to that. So mm. I've had clients that will bring these things to their physicians and they they don't understand it and they're not interested in, in learning about it. And so that helps them to say, well, maybe I need to find someone different or maybe they bring this to their physician and their physician is like, yeah, check it out. Do, do as much as you can. And I want to learn about this too. And that's where you start to bridge the two worlds where it's not separate. And that's what I've always loved about functional medicine is that, you know, most of the people I work with are, are MDs or DOs who are trained conventionally and then moved into functional medicine. And it's the best marriage of both worlds. And I think what, what you're saying is, is we as health coaches can really help people understand how to maybe start to shift that whole world of medicine to thinking more in an integrative and functional way, even if they're still in a conventional practice. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a big job. Are we up for it? <laughs> we are. I think it's happening. We're not alone. That's the good news. That's, that's true. I mean, what did they say? I know you're going to be taking your exam for the national board, um, national board of, of, uh, health coaches, health and wellness coaches, but there's now the exam was just, uh, completed the last exam and there's about 4,000 of us out there that are board certified. Yeah. Yeah, I think again, it's this, because it's, it's blending so many different, uh, qualities, right? So we pull a little bit from the traditional counseling, uh, model. We, we pull a little bit from, uh, the sort of nutritionist and registered dietitian space. We pull a little bit from the psychology space. You weave it all together. And again, I am just such a believer in creating this space for an individual to park and explore and um, where we can just sort of slowly follow them along and guide if need, you know, reroute if needed, uh, help to mirror back to the individual what it is that they're, they're seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes, you know, the broad skill set that we bring to our coaching um, can be so helpful in that vein in getting the individual, you know, in the right direction. I was trying to think of a quote that is escaping me right now. Um, I'll come back to it. It's, it was about broadness. Uh, yeah, look it up. Um, yeah. And I, I think what you're saying too is is maybe um, helping people understand really what health coaching is. That's that's a, a big passion of mine, which oh, is yeah. part of what this podcast is about as well. Um, helping people understand that it's not just someone who's going to tell you to take your supplements, eat your greens, and lace up your shoes and go try and run a marathon. So much more than that. I mean, those are little bits and pieces of maybe what we do. But um, tell me a little bit more about you and I are on the same page about the mindset, the intuitive thinking, the awareness, the mindfulness, and really helping people shift from that perspective. And that sometimes seems to be more of what we end up doing for clients is empowering them and asking the questions that lead them into that space. So talk to me about how you do that with your clients. 
Well, it's always so interesting. We are aligned and I'm, I'm celebrating all that you do for the world. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, I always find it fascinating. Clients come to me sometimes with the weight loss goal mm-hmm. and decide to move forward, even though I suggest that weight loss will become a natural byproduct of, you know, a settled state in other ways. Um, I just, I think that we can, I think there are health coaches that, uh, and and sort of a wellness industry that um, has evolved from a diet culture that sort of claims, again, back to this concept of the overnight fix and the quick fix can very, can create this enchantment and this allure with a tool or a tactic or a tip or a trick to solve the problem. Um, We were born, I I believe deeply, we were born perfect. And we have all of the answers we need within us. And yet have some, particularly women, Mm -hmm. have absorbed these external messages and these external cues to the point of squashing any internal voice that they may have. Um, I always like to say your bestie might like bar class, but if a walk in nature is your thing, right. But to get to that place where you might be the one saying like, Hey, I'm not going to go to bar class with you. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. Have everybody scratch their head because is any diet program out there saying, go take your walk in nature? Not necessarily. So I think, um, I think allowing that voice to come through, reconnecting, you know, going, taking yourself back to the place where the messaging started to get confused, where you started to sort of doubt or where that, that criticism and that more calculated in your head, this is how I should be doing something where that started to creep in oftentimes for, for women. And I work with women and men, Um, But for women in particular, it's right around that, that time of puberty where the body is changing. Um, A lot of messaging around what that body should look like um, where we forget. I'm so encouraged now how we are beginning to shift our thinking about women's bodies in particular, but certainly when I was growing up, you know, there was a lot of worth put on, on how you looked Um, I think a lot of people absorbed that messaging. Mm -hmm. So what I hope to do is to create that space and to, through transformative exercises, allow for the individual to come back to and connect with what that voice is telling them and what they really have known all along around what their body needs, how they physiologically operate, how they um, psychologically feel best. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about transformative exercises, what are some of the things that you do with your clients? So we might rewrite our food narrative. Mm -hmm. So we might go back to looking at what your experience was as a child and sort of what messaging you got related to how you ate. And now, you know, what would you like that to be? Mm -hmm. We might do a visualization exercise where someone is envisioning their wellness what they look like, what they feel like, who is around them, what the, what the environment looks like and sort of feels like the emotions that they're experiencing a year from now. 
to begin to create some sort of vision that they can begin to, we can together begin to um, identify some discrete goals to move them in the direction of that vision. Um, I spend a lot of time working with clients on emotional eating and understanding um, the relationship between sort of the trigger, the emotion, and then the resulting behavior and how we can sort of retool our reward system so that food doesn't become the solvent or the answer. Uh, And then of course I do some practical things like we food track to understand, and we might do a food sensitivity test to see if there's something going on that um, may not be serving them, right? Something in their diet that may not be serving them. Um, I personally get really excited about all the soulful and the reflective. Yeah. Yeah. A client yesterday who said to me in our session, she is this beautiful woman um, and she has really, really wanted to tap into that more intuitive space. And um, her vision for herself is really to be accepting of her gray hair and her wrinkles and to be a strong and peaceful Scandinavian woman. And I know just a beautiful vision and obviously with many more details in the mix. Um, But she said, you know, to quiet, and I mentioned this, I worked this in a little bit, but to quiet, the critical and the calculated so that my intuition can flex its muscles. I actually posted it on my Instagram today because I was just her poetic words. It was so wowing to me that she was able to begin to understand she's operated in this very calculated and very critical space to the point where she had shared, you know, walking sometimes into a bathroom, she couldn't see that her beautiful stomach had given her, her beautiful son, but only saw, you know, that it was bigger than she hoped it to be. Um, So far to toward quieting in a very gentle, soft way, quieting that critical, quieting that calculating mind to really allow for that intuitive state to come through. Such intense work Mm. that, that, people choose to do right you offer some ways of getting there yet ultimately your your client is choosing to do that because that's their vision that's right and 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 for some individuals health coaching can be a more superficial experience right and that's why each of us why you mentioned the four four thousand health coaches who are nationally board sort of certified like why we all bring something different. We all offer a different um, rubric or way to march through the journey. Or, And I believe deeply that we attract the clients who want to do the work the way in which we're best suited to work. Oh, absolutely. And that's the beauty, I think, of health coaching is that, that you do attract the people that want to do the work in the way that you, you feel is, is um, just most empowering to people and so then you end up every day working with people that you just really love to work with. And yeah. how great is that? Like to have a job every day that you love to connect with the people that you get to talk to. And that's and how much we learn, right? Let's not forget that I try and I try and really come down to the place of there's an equal partnership in the experience, right? There's no, yes, I have skills and capabilities that, and there's a reason someone has hired me and I take that responsibility very seriously. But when I think about that quote that I was able, I mean, that was learning for myself to just affirm 
and to capture so much of the kind of work that I'm trying to do. So there's a real, there is a real partnership. And I think that that supportive alliance that's created between coach and client is one of the most powerful concepts. Absolutely. And I think that that is part of, again, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is a huge part of what is not known about coaching, that it is this supportive alliance. It's a partnership. It's a, it's a mutual choice to work with each other. And, and you're right. Like I'm excited to look at your Instagram post and really understand that quote a little bit better because it, it just, it sort of sunk into me a little bit here as you said it, but I feel like that's something I want to sort of capture and post somewhere so I can look at it all the time. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I felt the same way. And I was, you know, three quarters of the way through our session and she's had, she's really, she was sort of, she was stuck for a while and we were kind of just coming to session to session, session to session and, you know, seeing what we could sort of explore a little bit more deeply or peel back a layer here or there and then yesterday, it was like it all came together for her. Oh, another great example. And that, that not every session is like this, oh, wow, lightning turned on, right? Um, it, it's really, it's a slow plotting kind of, you know, maybe this session just digs a little bit deeper and you start thinking differently. Maybe this session, you know, but after three sessions, she came up with this amazing vision for herself. Yeah which yeah. is going to change the way she, she comes to her days intentionally every day. Right. And that's, I, I, I think, and I'm sure you see this too in your work, that self-awareness is so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. I talk with clients about the idea that self-awareness takes you in the direction of self-nourishment. And then ultimately you're in a very self-empowered state. But it starts with that self-awareness and you might have session after session that is just really about one little insight that's broadening that aperture of awareness. Yeah. One little something that is just because ultimately then all of that awareness as it starts to come together to a sort of a, a, a shifted mindset really leads you then in this direction of, ha, huh, how do I want to take care of myself differently? Right. And then, oh yeah, this is a non-negotiable Right. This is in my most empowered state. This is how I want to walk through this life. Yeah. And knowing also that it's not a linear course. It's not just up, 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 up. Sometimes it's up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down. And, and all of these things really, um, the awareness sometimes creates that downswing. You're like, oh, wow, now I'm paying attention to all this stuff. And I'm not sure I like what I hear. <laughs> I'm not sure I like what I see. But then that's, the space to which you jump off towards change. That's right. That's yeah. right. So a lot of that comes up, right? We, there, there are, this work is about sort of, sort of seeing, uh, seeing what you may have not wanted to see for a long time. Um, in this period of time with the pandemic, um, which I think has caused a lot of people to, I, I've, I've said that we're living in a hall of mirrors, right? Everywhere we go, there we are. And that's particularly true of everywhere we go and there are our habits again. Mm-hmm. And if the habits are not feeling like they're serving you anymore and you've been staring at them so closely, right. whether that be how you visit the pantry more than you need to or more than you want to, whether that be, you know, how you handle, you know, a digital influence, mm-hmm. um, 
those habits have created or, or that 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 proximity to those habits has created, I think, a desire and a lot of individuals I'm working with to shift. Like this has been a really fascinating time oh. for to either go deeper into a place of maybe unsettledness or to say, I'm ready to come out of this. This is not going to work. Right, right. I, I, I would agree with you. There's, there's um, so much awareness around that because we don't have the, the things to distract us that we had before. Um, one of the things I wanted to go back to when we spoke before, you talked about um, some of the connection to working with uh, Dr. Katie and how you were in this group. And I just wanted to have you talk a little bit about the group um, Tide Risers. And I don't know, was the Women Who Run With Wolves a, a book that was associated with that group or was that something that was separate? So maybe. So the, yeah, the book, thank you for remembering that. The book, uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves, um, which is all about sort of the wild woman archetype. And oftentimes what I'm talking about when I talk about sort of feminine wisdom. Um, and actually, that is a book that was given to me on my 21st birthday by my father wow. and by your father, <gasps> father. Amazing. really amazing and happened to also then be there was a woman I followed in the earliest days of Instagram who's a writer and she posted at one point about a coach that she worked with and for whatever reason as these things go I decided to try and take a peek and track down this coach that she had mentioned. And I got to her website. Her name is Leanne Raymond and she's, um, she lives off the coast of Vancouver, British Columbia. And on her page was the image of the book. <laughs> and so actually she and I began working together, gosh, um, eight years ago or so. I've never met her in person. Uh, we've worked virtually together for these eight years and she has coached and mentored me in my own journey. Uh, and so I really believe in this idea that, you know, the power of women and connecting and I joined to bring us to the Tide Risers group, which was separate from that. Uh, I joined in 2019, um, this group of women, it was a new sort of the idea was to bring a cohort of women together. The idea being that a rising tide lifts all boats, mm -hmm. hence the name Tide Risers. And we could come together to elevate collectively our visions. And 20 or so women um, taken through each month sort of exercises around um, elevating vision. And in my cohort was Dr. Katie Takayasu, who is an integrative doctor based locally here to where I am. And she and I kind of danced around each other. And, you know, you don't necessarily know that the universe is delivering you with the biggest gift. Yeah. It was my 2019 gift. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so we sort of, you know, and at this stage, my, my, my journey was still evolving and I was still in school at the time. And, um, and so she finally approached me and she had developed a 10 day detox protocol. And she said, Hey, would you ever shadow this and tell me what you think? And there I did. And there was born our very beautiful partnership. Now we've gone on to co-create a five day program, a five day um, holistic health reset. Uh, 
-hmm. I continue to be this sort of the exclusive coach for her 10 day program. Um, and we feel that we're with our real food focus and sort of attention to all of these daily rhythms mm -hmm. in a way that a lot of reset programs don't typically bring into the mix. Right. Um, we are certainly getting the feedback that it's a very transformative experience. So the 10 day is really neat. It's starting, our next one starts January 3rd. We run them seasonally five times a year or so. And that, what's neat about that is um, Dr. Katie and I are live in a cohort um, and available sort of real time to anyone who's detoxing. And that's really about celebrating the community of people who come together, who want to detox together. Mm -hmm. Our five-day program is a little bit, it's on demand. You can download it anytime. And our meal delivery component, which we've introduced in Southwestern Connecticut, has really taken off. Oh, that's nice. Of what to do beyond that. I love that she, as a doctor, has weighed in. I think it creates a lot of validity. It does, yeah. And gives me a real sense that I think together we have created a protocol that is um, just very supportive. We focus on nutrient density and nourishment. Um, and not about restriction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's important um, to talk about a, a little bit with detox because people think yeah. detox means I'm just restricting everything. I'm going to do a juice fast and, and I'm not going to have anything for five days, but it's not, it's about truly nourishing your body with, with healthy things and the detox is from the things that aren't so healthy. That's right. And we have, we have our body naturally detoxes every night mm -hmm. um, throughout the day, but our food supply, unfortunately, is compromised mm -hmm. and um, it's hard to eat with, you know, no excess, yeah. no extra stressors on your detox processes. Yeah. So we really are just elevating in our programs. We're just elevating those natural processes yeah. by adding in more than even taking away or swapping the types of foods that you're eating, but it is food-based and these recipes are delicious. Awesome. I love it. So, so let's kind of, I, you know, I want to kind of bring everything together and kind of talk a little bit about how people can find you and, um, I'm going to put that information in the show notes, but also just to have um, some information about your Instagram, how they could do this detox with you if they if people want to do that, or even work with you as a health coach, right? Mm -hmm. So how can people find you um, if they've connected with some of the things that you've said today, which I can imagine there's going to be a lot of people that will be connecting to that thought and idea. Thank you. Uh, people can find me easily at wellrefined.com. That's my website, W-E-L-L-R-E-F-I-N-E-D.com. Also on Instagram at well underscore refined underscore health. Okay. Excellent. Good, good, good. And if, um, so you have way of getting a hold of you and some of your programs and, um, all of my information is there under the services link and also my partnership page. So reset information is under the partners page. And then um, my one-on-one -on -one and private coaching information and also group coaching, which I'm introducing in the new year mm -hmm. for a group of six extraordinary women who want to join me just for women this time. Um, yeah. That is also uh, listed under my services page. I love that. Um, 
Great. So anything else that you wanted to share or anything that you feel like we didn't touch on? I think this has been a fun conversation, at least for me. Fun. I've so enjoyed this. Can we keep talking? (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Thank you so much. You're doing amazing work. And I'm really so grateful that you gave me the space to to share my story. Well, I'm excited to have you on here. I mean, I, as I mentioned, um, you know, part of my journey is to really empower um, the idea of what health coaching truly is. And I, I think um, I don't always run across health coaches that that sort of feel very aligned with me in the way that I work. There's there's a lot of them out there, um, but I really want to support the idea that that people have to think about the mindset and not just, um, as you said, people come to you about weight, but it's really, um, you know, that's a byproduct of other things. So I think that's right. Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm super excited. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that you made the time for this as well. Thank you, Karen. So thank you, Courtney. Hopefully this episode connected with you and you found the conversation with Courtney opening up some realizations into your own health and wellness, or maybe someone, you know, as usual, check the show notes for links to many of the things we talked about as well as how to connect with Courtney. If you want to know more about how to find a board-certified health and wellness coach or to become one, go to nbhwc.org. You can find a coach certified by the National Board of Medical Examiners, or you can learn about the programs accredited to become a health coach. We are 5,000 strong now. Thanks for listening, and if you get a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast to post a rating and review and support the podcast. Until next time, live your best life.